Well, it is so good to be here with you tonight, um, especially since we tried this twice before and got canceled out every time. I guess third time's a charm. Um, so you being here, us being here tonight, really just feels like a gift from the Lord that we actually get to do this again. And I'm so grateful to be with you. Um, personally, I have so many connections to women here at Maranatha. Um, and my son will be here in preschool in the fall, so that's fun as well. Um, what I would like to start with tonight um, is this idea of finding rest in the midst of the busyness that we all face um, day after day after day. Uh, and in, then in the coming weeks, we'll touch on some other topics as well. But for me, this became so um, apparent that I need this rest in Jesus um, in a very real way right actually after our first event got canceled. Um, it was March of 2020, and like many of you, my life felt like it was spinning out of control. Uh, we, everything got shut down. <laughs> my kids got sent home from school. Um, my husband had to work from home, and Beside like trying to continue with the, the work and the writing and the ministry that God had called me to and trying to figure out what does that look like, I also had to, you know, feed the kids three times a day and the snacks and the incessant questions and, and also like the unknowns on the horizon. When are we going back to school? What does this look like? Can we get together with grandma and grandpa? Like, are we going to church on Sunday? All the unknowns. Um, and at one point, I was at the kitchen sink washing dishes, um, and my heart started beating faster, and my hands got clammy, and I got tunnel vision. I had never experienced this in my life up to that point. And I realized, in retrospect, Dr. Google helped me find out <laughs> that I was having a panic attack. And it felt like my body was betraying me. Like, why is my body acting this way? And it was breaking down under the pressure that I had faced, uh, that all of us faced in different ways. Uh, and at the same time, the kids were in the living room arguing over whose turn it was with a toy or whatever it is that our kids find to argue about. Uh, and everything was so loud and so out of control that I just had to get away and be alone and there was nowhere to go, except in the laundry room. <laughs> so I went to the laundry room and I shut the door behind me and I slid to the floor and I started sobbing out of control, saying, God, I can't do this anymore. This thing that's happening right now, I, I don't know what it is, but I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And over and over, like a scratched CD, remember those things? <laughs> uh, just, just playing the same thing, I can't do this anymore. And it was in that place of desperation, when I had reached the end of myself, when I thought, I have nothing left to give, that God's still small voice met me in that place with these words, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. And I had memorized that verse years before, 
in a, in a time of trial in my life, and here they were showing up in my time of need. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. And I thought, God, that's great, but I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I mean, those kids are asking for lunch, and I have went through all my meal plans, and I don't even know like what we have in the fridge, and we're way behind on laundry, and my husband needs quiet for his conference call, and they're jumping up and down <laughs> downstairs. I can't do this anymore. And again, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. And over the next 15 minutes, uh, it was like that scratched record in my mind, on repeat still, got quieter and quieter as God's word, as his truth spoke louder and louder, that God is our refuge. He is our strength. He is the one we run to. He is the place where we find rest. And it was in that time that I realized um, that if I do not make time to meet with God in a personal way, in a time of quiet, before my kids wake up, I am not going to survive quarantine. <laughs> we didn't know how long this would go. I didn't know if it would be another 10 days or another three years. Like, we had no idea what was on the horizon. And the unknown, I think, was even more frightening than, than knowing facts at that point. No one really knew anything. And so that day I made a commitment. I said, I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to spend time in prayer, not because I have to, not because it's what good Christian girls do, not because we're supposed to read our Bible and pray every day. I am going to meet with Jesus because my soul needs that. I can't do this anymore if I don't make time to first rest with Jesus. And out of that time, God just made the most beautiful thing flourish. Um, I shared with my online community that I would be going live every morning to pray at 7 a.m. And the next morning I woke up and I, before I hit go live, I was like, why did I think this was a good idea? <laughs> like, all my friends are binge watching Netflix and sleeping in in the morning. And here I am waking up early to go live for prayer. Um, but before I hit live, I thought, you know, even if no one else shows up, I know I need this, and that accountability helps. And so I did, I hit go live, and dozens of women from around the world joined in to pray, to pray scripture together, to pray the rest prayer format that we're going to learn tonight together. Um, and we met day after day after day, again, dozens of women every day, even more on replays for eight weeks. And it was incredible to see the testimonies of these women who said, you know, even though it feels like life is out of control, even though it feels like everything is falling apart, I have this peace because I'm meeting with Jesus. I'm finding my rest in him. And I know it's going to be okay because he is faithful. And I'll share where we went um, after that and what God did with it. But, but that is my heart for us tonight 
is these words of Jesus that have become a lifeline for me over the past two years. And they're from Matthew 11, 28 to 30. If you have those yellow handouts, that's the passage I'd encourage you to write at the top. Um, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. And Jesus is looking at a crowd made up of women and men just like us. I imagine uh, some of them were dealing with health crises. I imagine some of them had financial debt. Some of them had estranged children. Some of them were wondering uh, if they would be kicked on the streets the next day. They were all dealing with problems that are not that different from what you and I are facing today. And so looking at these women and men, Jesus says in verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You see, Jesus doesn't tell us to wake up early and go to bed late in order to hustle our way into the kingdom of God. Quite the opposite. He invites us to lay down our heavy burdens and to come to him, to put our shoulder into the yoke of the work he is doing, and to simply rest in step with him. And so what does that look like for us today as busy 21st century women? How exactly do we rest? That's what I want us to do together over the next few minutes. I'll walk you through this acronym REST, and then hopefully we have some time to actually pray together. Um, I would love for us to spend some time actually meeting with Jesus and, and coming to him tonight. So the R in the REST acronym Um, And I love acronyms. It makes it easy for me to remember. (laughs) So I hope this is helpful for you as well. The R stands for recite God's goodness. You see, prayer begins with reciting God's goodness, not because he needs to be reminded, but because we forget. We forget how good God has been. We forget what he has done for us in the past. And when we begin by reciting God's goodness, we remind our souls what is true about him so that we can breathe a sigh of relief knowing who he is and what he's done for us. We see this all over scripture, but we would be here all night if I were to read all of them. So just one passage comes from Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I think we all suffer from what I'd call soul amnesia, forgetting who God is and what he's done from one day to the next. Much like the Israelites in the wilderness uh, who started grumbling and complaining because they didn't have the food or they didn't have the quail or they didn't have leeks, gosh, who complains about not having garlic and onion? <laughs> but there they were complaining because, God, are you, did you bring us here to die of starvation? Did you bring us all this way to abandon us? And it's easy for us to sit in our church pews with our Bibles and tisk tisk at them. 
but don't we do the same thing? When that bill comes in the mail, we think, God, really? Are you still going to provide now? When we get that email or that text or that phone call, we think, God, where are you in this? We get that diagnosis. Have you abandoned me? And so we begin by reciting God's goodness, reminding us who he is, what he's done. On that laundry room floor, reminding myself, God is our refuge. God is my refuge. When I feel like I have nowhere else to go, I can run to him. He is the one who welcomes us with open arms. He's the Jesus who says, come to me not to a religion, not to a formula, not to a checklist, to a person. Come to me. And so when we spend time reminding ourselves of his attributes, his names, his works in the past, in the Old Testament, I was just talking to someone earlier about Genesis and and God's faithfulness to Joseph. Even in the pit of despair, God had not abandoned him. In fact, he was going to work what the enemy intended for evil. He was going to work it for good. And we were reminded that that same God who worked in Joseph's life 4,000 years ago is the same God we worship today. So whatever pit you find yourself in, the same God who took care of Joseph is the one who is near to you. What comfort we can take in that. So we begin by reciting God's goodness. We move then to express our neediness. If you're following along on the handout, that's the E. And um, for the longest time, I followed um, lots of different prayer formats, and they were so helpful, kind of like training wheels on a bike, um, teaching you how to ride a bike. Um, But also, I was kind of afraid of this idea of treating God as a genie and kind of giving him my list of, God, would you do this, and would you do that? Um, And so my prayers became safe. I would pray scriptural prayers, which I think are incredible, and we'll talk more about the power of praying God's word um, in our third week together. I think it is incredible to pray God's word back to him. Um, But that had become the sum of my prayers. And so if I had a decision to make, I would say, God, your, your will be done. Not my will, but yours, Lord. Um, and if there was a difficulty in a relationship, I would say, God, search my heart. Show me if there's anything going on. And those are all good prayers, but they lacked specificity. Like, I wouldn't be able to tell you if God answered a prayer or not because they were so general. I, I wouldn't be able to say that was God's hand at work. That was no coincidence. That was a miracle. And I'm reminded of this passage from Mark 10 where a a man comes to Jesus and Jesus looks at him in verse 51. He says, what is it that you want me to do for you? And that can sound a whole lot like, um, what is it, name it and claim it. (laughs) And that's not at all what I think about God. But I do know that God is a good good father and he invites us to come to him and to express our needs to him so we can come to him confident because Romans says he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also along with him give us all things 
And so does that mean that we get everything we ask for? No. Praise God. <laughs> because I prayed for that one cute guy in sixth grade, and I thought I was going to uh, evangelize him to Jesus so I could marry him. And thank the Lord that that's not... He did not answer that prayer because that guy back there, that's the man that I was supposed to marry. Uh, and that's another story for another time. But I could tell you so many prayers that I am so glad that God knows better. And so we express our needs to God not because it's an Amazon wish list that we send heavenward and that we expect responses right the way we want them, but rather that he is a good father who gives good gifts to his children. Jesus says, if you, fathers and mothers, who by comparison to the holy God are evil, when your kid comes to you and asks you for something, if he asks you for a sandwich, if he asks you for a loaf of bread, you're not going to give him stones, are you? How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? I think our lack of prayers in my own life, my, my lack of specific prayers, part of it was I didn't want to treat God as a genie, but part of it was I didn't want to be disappointed. I didn't want to be disappointed in God. And yet what I found over years of praying both scripture prayers and specific prayers is that God answers those prayers. And sometimes he gives me what I ask for, and sometimes he changes my heart so that I desire what he desires. And that is nothing short of a miracle. When he changes our hearts, it is his spirit doing his work in us. And that work happens in a place of prayer. It doesn't happen by worrying about something or talking to your best friend about something or posting on Facebook about something. <laughs> that change happens when we come to Jesus, when we take him on his invitation and he says, come to me and we come. So we recite God's goodness. We express our neediness. And then the S is seek his stillness. And so many of us today want to hear from God. We want his involvement. Uh, maybe you've wondered this too. Like, why doesn't God speak to me the way he did to people in, in the Bible? Like, why don't I just hear from God? Um, and if you were wondering that, you're not alone. So many of us do. But again, in my own life, I, I grew up in a Christian family, and I've known Jesus from as early as I can remember. He has been so kind and so good to meet me over the years in age-specific ways. Uh, but what I realized was that in my prayers, I would talk to God, and, and that's what I'd do. I'd talk, 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 talk. I'd say, amen, thanks God, and then I'd move on with my day. I made no time to listen, to be quiet, to be still to say, God, is there anything that you want to say to me? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And, and that's the reason I put the S, seek his stillness, in the middle of this prayer acronym that I used, is because I knew that if I tacked it onto the end, I would skip it. Honest confession here. <laughs> it doesn't seem very pragmatic, 
I mean, what are you doing? You're, you're not talking. You're not doing an inductive Bible study. You're not praying through your prayer list. You're just sitting there, being still. And yet in my own experience and the experience of hundreds of women around the world who have joined us over the past two years in prayers of rest, I can tell you that this is where rest comes. It is when we are still with God. When we cease striving, when we stop hustling, when we stop doing all the things that we think our identity is found in our ability to produce, in our ability to take care of, in our ability to measure up to standards, when we are, just stop and we're still with God. We see this all over scripture again and again and just a few of them that I'll read. Psalm 23, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still, quiet waters. He restores my soul. Isaiah 30, 15, in returning and in rest, you will be saved. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And then Matthew 11, our passage, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. The more we practice listening to God's voice in the stillness, the more we will recognize his voice in the busyness. Have you ever thought of that? That someone you live with, whether it's your husband or your child or a roommate, that you learn to recognize their voice in your living together, in the quiet moments, in your space together. So that if you were in a marketplace or you were in a, in a busy store and you overheard them among 30 or 50 other people talking, your ear would pick up their voice. You would know them because you've spent time with them. You've listened to them. And I am convinced that so it is with God. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. I know them. And so we make time to seek his stillness, not because it's yet another thing we have to do, but rather it's Jesus' kind invitation to come and be still with him. And James says in chapter 4, verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You see, God wants our hearts, not our checklists. Contrary to many of us, contrary to what many of us have grown up believing, our relationship with Jesus rests not in our doing, but in our being. Being found in Christ. He has done the work. He has finished the work. And so this is good news because we can stop hustling and we can simply rest in him. So we recite God's goodness. We express our neediness. We seek his stillness. And finally, we trust God's faithfulness. And this has been such a beautiful practice of trust 
in my relationship with God. Because after we've done all the talking, we praise God for who he is and what he's done. We express our needs. We're honest with him. We confess our sins. Our souls are bare. We say, God, search me. Everything. It's right here. And then we spend time being still with him. Now it's time to finally turn around and say, God, I trust you. Whatever today holds, I trust that you will be faithful. I, I think many of us, the reason we don't pray as much as we think we should, that the root of our lack of prayer, I think, is unbelief. Either we don't believe that God is powerful enough to change things in response to our prayers, or we don't believe that he is good enough to actually care about our requests. So this is the test right here. After you've prayed, after you've, you've brought things before him, will you entrust them to him? Will you leave them there? You know, Paul says in Philippians, I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful, will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed that verse over our marriage, over our children, over a work project, over this book right here, the Prayers of Rest book that this message is based on, uh, the longest writing project of my life. Every time I'd show up to the writing desk, I'd say, God, I, I trust that you began this work and that you will be faithful to complete it. And thank you that I get to be a part of this. And so in this way, prayer becomes a habit of surrender. It's not blind faith, but it's trusting faith because we know in whom we have believed. We've started by reciting God's goodness. And so here at the end, we trust him to do what he said he will do, to be who he said he will be in our lives, in our family lives, in the world too. And in this, we preach the gospel to our hearts. That the God of scripture, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of Joseph and of David, the God of Israel, the God who took on flesh and became like one of us, yet without sin, the Jesus who walked among us and who spread out his arms and said, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. We preach the gospel to our hearts, that that God is still listening to our prayers, that that God is still receiving us in his presence, and that because of Jesus' finished work on the cross and his death and his resurrection, and he has ascended to the Father, so he sits at the Father's right hand. He is our high priest who intercedes for us, who knows our weakness, who knows our busyness, who knows what it's like to be asked a bazillion times, what's for dinner, mom? Who knows about the manager who is breathing down your neck about that assignment, who knows about that diagnosis, who knows about that friend who betrayed you. He knows what it's like. He is our high priest. 
He is the one who is sitting at the Father's right hand, receiving our prayers, interceding for us. And even when we have no words, even if the REST acronym was the furthest thing from your mind, because ladies, we don't need formulas. You don't have to use this. I hope it's a tool for you, but you don't have to use it. Because even if all you do is come to him and groan, the spirit is there interceding for us in our weakness. And so that is Jesus' invitation to us, to come to him. We get to rest even as we work because we rest in the Jesus who is doing the work for us. We get to put our shoulder next to his in the yoke so that we experience that rest for our souls. And in so doing, we get to experience what David experienced when he says in Psalm 62, truly, my soul finds rest in God alone. Now next week, we're gonna talk about what does this practically look like in the midst of our busy schedules? I mean, this all sounds good, but does this take 45 minutes to do? Because I don't know if you guys have an extra 45 minutes, but I don't feel like I do. And so we're gonna talk about how to weave rhythms of prayer and, and rhythms of praying God's word and scripture into the busyness of life so that we have an ongoing conversation with the Lord throughout the day. Does that sound like anything any of you need? I know I do. So I hope you're able to come next week. Um, I would love for us to close in a time of prayer and then you have some table talk questions um, that I just hope get the conversation started around the tables um, that gives you an opportunity to personalize this in your own life. But I'd love for us to pray just for a few minutes through um, Psalm 46. And what we're gonna do is I'm going to walk us through the REST acronym and then I'll pray and I'll give you just about 30 seconds to pray quietly where you are at the table and I'll lead us through REST and wrap us up, okay? So that verse again is God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. And we could read through the whole psalm, and that's what we'll learn in our third week together is how to read scripture and then pray scripture. But for tonight, let's just pray through verse one. So let's begin by reciting God's goodness, praising him for who he is and for what he has done in our lives. God, thank you that you are our refuge. Thank you that when the storms come down on us when it feels like I just can't do this anymore thank you that we can run to you that you are our strong tower thank you that never once have you abandoned us never once have you forsaken us that every time we run to you you receive us with open arms God we praise you tonight so in the next few moments, praise and worship God for how he has been your refuge, your stronghold in your time of trouble. So we move now to express our neediness. And God, we confess that in our day of trouble, uh, honestly, running to you is often the last thing that we do. 
we're more likely to run to our phones, scroll Instagram, talk to our friends, run to the pantry. <laughs> we do all the things. And yet you are the only one who can truly help us. You're the only one who understands us. God, will you forgive us? As the song says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. So here's my heart, God. Take it, seal it. Seal it for your courts above. God, stir in us a desire, a longing to run to you, that you might be the first one in our time of trouble. So in the next few moments, express to God your needs tonight, what it is that's causing you hardship, that heavy burden that you're carrying. Bring it to Jesus. We take time now to seek his stillness. In the next few moments, I encourage you to picture God with you, your strong tower, shielding you from those problems, protecting you from the storm. Become aware of his presence right now within you, surrounding you, his spirit with you. Finally, we trust God's faithfulness. God, we, we remind our hearts that you are faithful. That every time we run to you, you are the one who welcomes us. Never once have you turned us away. You are the helper who is always found. Thank you that you are not far from us. That we don't have to crawl our way to some holy site to find you that we don't have to perform something to, to be qualified to come to you, but rather in our day of trouble, you hear us when we cry out to you. You are the one who bends low, your ear close to the brokenhearted. I thank you that because of Jesus, we have a high priest who intercedes for us and that you are always faithful to receive us what feels like silence in our time of trouble is not so much you being quiet as us being too busy. So God, we come here tonight and we say, here I am. I'm coming to you. I'm taking your invitation to come weary and heavy burdened, to run to the strong tower, to find refuge and rest. Thank you that you are the one who will be faithful to complete the work that you started in us and that you are here with us even now. So in the next few moments, say that to Jesus. Say, God, I trust you. Whatever heavy burden you carried through those doors tonight, place it in his loving hands. Say, God, I trust that you will take care of this that you will take care of me, that you will take care of my loved ones, and that you will complete the good work that you started. 
Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.